Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too. Go to patreon.com slash grownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 75 of the wow. Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we watch a new animated medieval comedy from the producers of Robot Chicken. <laughs> One of us got a sweet new flagship cell phone. Find out which model we chose and why. And we play an early access game that puts you in the spacesuit of an orbital salvage crew. Mm-hmm. And I have to pause for a second here, and you realize it's now July. It's oh the second God. half of 2020. That's crazy. What a blur of bullshit this year has been so far. <laughs> it's only halfway done. Yeah, I can't believe we've squandered an entire half a year with this. Anyway. Have we really squandered half a year? Is it our fault that yes. half a year has gone this quickly and this shitty? <laughs> yeah, really. I'm not saying it's our fault. I'm just saying it's been a waste. If it is, I want to know which one of the three of us started this damn thing so I can go kill it. <laughs> I blame John. I think Fair it's Fair enough. Let's blame John. <laughs> Two to one. Two to one. There you go. The apocalypse is my fault. Democracy rules. Before we get into the body of this show, we have some fourth listener email. This time it's from Tim, also known as Butter Spider, one of our great friends we've met at Megacon, and he's on our Discord channel all the time. Yeah, we have. And he wrote in with a subject line, new show you should check out. (laughs) Cool. And he says, hey guys, I wanted to tell you about a hidden gem of a show I stumbled upon this week. I had this show pop up on my Hulu suggestions called Crossing Swords. Oh, what? Wait, we're going to be talking about that going to be checking that out. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You will. Alone, I'm done. You will. Trust me. That title is exactly as suggestive as you think it is, George. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> He says, it looked like an animated stop-motion kids show about knights and dragons and the like. <laughs> I thought it might be a fun show to watch with my daughter. Oh, no. So I started to watch the first episode to check it out. <gasps> no, he did. He did. He did. Oh, dude. <laughs> he says, as soon as I started, I was thinking, Dora the Explorer, here we come. But oh, my God. About two or three minutes in, I realized this is no kids show. No. <laughs> this is actually Mo's pick for media. Yes, so we're is. Gonna, we're going to dive deeper into this in a second, Butter Spider. Oh, so. man. Dude, I, I feel for you. Oh, my God. (laughs) You'll find out why. Yeah. (laughs) You said I had watched the entire first episode before I realized it. I was laughing my ass off. This is Laugh Fest wrapped in a onesie. (laughs) If you enjoy Solar Opposites, you'll definitely appreciate Crossing Swords. Do yourself a favor and check it out. All right. We will be talking about that. (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. In the media segment. Uh, He wraps (laughs) it up by saying, love the podcast, Tim. Uh, We love it every time the fourth listener writes in. Tim, thank you very much for writing in. And you're going to get featured even more prominently because we're going to talk all about your show. We have checked it out. It's Mm -hmm. Tim. In the show? media segment, just a second. Tim owns here. it. Well, it is now. He's wow. now responsible. Okay, Tim. He showed it to his daughter. Yeah, congratulations! So. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. stopping by and talking with us, small fries. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for writing in. We appreciate every time the fourth listener uh, writes us. If you'd like to have your email read here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every one, and most of them make this show. All right, we're gonna get on to the rest of Tim's show with media <laughs> right after this. Weekdays at two. Meet the monster. <laughs> You don't fool around with a head like Herman's. <laughs> I disagree. Hey, Hank, watch out! The rope's gonna break! Body of Munster. <laughs> That's just my way of getting acquainted. Get acquainted with the Munsters weekdays at 2 on Channel 17. 
My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Tim, here we go with your media segment. We'll we'll start actually right here at the <laughs> it's top. Tim's media segment now. Damn, Tim owns everything. Yeah. It's special just for this episode. That's right. It's, uh, it's coincidental that he wrote the same time that we had checked out this show. So, Mo, yeah. let's get it over to you. This was actually your pick <laughs> for media this week. Oh, my God. Week. He showed us to his daughter. He did. He tells us about Crossing Swords. Yeah. Well, I think he said he was going to show it to his daughter until he started watching it. Uh, he must have started watching with his daughter, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> it's good parenting, however you look at it. Yeah, exactly. So... Let's put it this way. The, you know how they do the little TV MA in the corner when they start these things? Yep. Not enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they needed to be more explicit on that warning because when you see the trailer, you guys are sure going to look at it. It looks like a kid's show. All right. So set us up. So tell us the premise of this okay. show. So the premise is that there is a medieval times mm-hmm. and there's this young guy who wants to be a squire. This is his life aspiration because he sees it as this noble pursuit and all this stuff. And he gets in there and he finds out that the court is actually a cesspool. And that's in the description of the show of, <laughs> of, of like corruption and people having sex all the times and infidelity and just corruption. It's just horrible. And he's like very <laughs> idealistic. So now the, this show is it's like a stop. It looks like stop motion. Now it could right. be computer made it looks like stop motion. I don't know. Okay. And the art style is like the 70s era Fisher Price little action figures, like the wooden body guys. Yeah. The characters are like, the bodies are cylinders. Yeah. You know, the heads are spheres on top. They have no it's arms, so but they carry stuff. It looks adorable until you see them with no clothes on. What? <laughs> yeah. George just woke up. <laughs> I want to go on record and saying that by the end of the first episode, someone has been showered in flaming cat heads. So I'm just going to put that yeah, on there record. There you go. Put that in context. <laughs> I think we've established that this is not for kids, Mm -hmm. but it was cracking me up. It's just like so wrong on every level you can imagine that there's like you said, he's this idealistic guy. He's like he just sees being a knight ultimately as being like the pinnacle of honor and justice. And instead, it's like, oh, you want to get in? Well, you know, you're going to have to either know somebody or bribe somebody or have sex with somebody or (laughs) it's this is on Hulu. I assume you found it the same way or somebody recommended to you. How'd you find it? Uh, Actually, yeah, I just found it on random, actually. But yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. How much have you watched? I saw the whole thing. Have you? Because they're short episodes. There's like eight of them and they're like 22 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, or or 30 minutes. You know, they're they're bite-sized things. It's all one storyline of him in his quest to become a squire. The whole show, I I can't, it's hard to describe it. Just everything that you could imagine that you would not put into a children's show is in this show. And then make it look like a children's show. It's like, it's it's, it's fine to make a super adult show, but then like you paint it like it's a kid's show. Let's take just the most raucous, like like, we're going to take the Soprano knows we're gonna make it look like the simpsons it's that kind of like disjointed like those shouldn't go together that doesn't match yeah and just an example like the like they talk about like all the prospective squires yep. have to have a meeting with the queen and you go in there and she's naked <laughs> and she's like okay let's do this <laughs> 
so that's the show. And it's funny, though. I mean, it is very, very funny. I watched some of this because Tim sent an email and suggested it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll check it out. Maybe I'll watch. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I tried to enjoy it. Okay. I found they were trying too hard to be foul. Like it was unnecessary. It was forced. It was definitely over the top for sure. I agree. I, yeah. I felt it was beyond over the top. Over the top would have been, <laughs> it's just, again, they're, they're trying too hard. It's like, it's not funny unless we make it really, really obscene. And so they work so hard at making it obscene that that's the only humor I found in it. Was that, Maybe I didn't, I didn't watch all of it. I watched the first two or three and then I said, uh, I can't do any more of this. Does it, does it change? Does it get better? Or is that the method? Is that how they get their humor? It's, I mean, the story develops a little bit more, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It just stays bathroom humor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, say, so yeah. it looks like a thumbs up and a thumbs down, George. Would you think you'll give this a try? Oh, hell no. I already told you from no. the title alone. <laughs> I was done. I'm not watching anything called Crossing Swords. I'm just not going to do it. No. On principle alone. I'll tell you this. There is no Crossing Swords. There is no Crossing of the Swords in the show. Yes. It sounds like there's. that's the only thing there isn't any of. Apparently, everything else is free game. And pretty much, yeah. They're saving that for season two. That's pretty much it. They're building up to the Crossing of the Swords. That's coming. Yeah. So that, that's this is kind of lowbrow humor, I admit it. So, George, I know you got something else with you. <laughs> side right something highbrow perhaps yes no it's neither it's not even humorous really. <laughs> Honestly. oh really <laughs> no so last time I talked about in Looking Forward that I was looking forward to a new show that had basically no trailers or anything out there called Tournament of Laughs. Yeah. Oh, right. I okay. looked for it after he brought it up and I couldn't find squat. Yeah, there was nothing out there. Right? It. it sounds like that may be for the best. Matter of fact, I missed the premiere because I forgot what day it was going to show up on. And like a week okay. later, I was like, oh, there's the premiere. It's already happened. Okay. So they air this thing every Sunday night and it's exactly what the title sounds like. It is a 32 comedian bracket like March Madness and mm -hmm. they filmed okay. their own vignettes at their home and they're high production quality vignettes. It's not just a cell phone camera and a guy telling jokes. They do stories and setups and they have like little mini episodes and they're usually like, I don't know, like a minute and a half or so. Oh, wow. Not much time. And I huh? think when you talked about it, you said it's going to be like song parodies and sketches and skits and stuff. Exactly. Just anything goes on those. Yeah. yeah. And they have a lot of well-known comedians. Um, Margaret Cho is one of the first people uh -huh. oh, okay. in there for yep. uh, one of the brackets. They also set it up in American Idol style in that the audience at home who's viewing gets to vote to see who makes it through to the next level. Apparently, though, I'm not sure what the time frame is because they never say it in the episode, but the voting window closes sometime well before the next episode because we watched it on a Thursday and it aired on a Sunday and the voting polls had already closed sure. at that point. So okay. I'm guessing they probably leave them open for a day at the most, maybe. Oh, okay. The only funny part of the show is Jason uh -oh. Sudeikis, the host. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, he's really good he does these in-between segments where he sets up who's about to be on the challenge and talks about different things going on with the show and he, he's very funny he's jason sudeikis at his best that he can be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's no audience obviously there's no laugh tracks or anything that's one of the things that takes away from it a little bit sometimes because stand up you need it don't you kind of yeah i think you kind of do yeah. a little bit yeah. and so when some of them are just doing straight jokes like there's a guy who he does a comedy song that he plays on his record about kids being assholes right in line with 
with crossing swords, apparently. And it's just as funny as you would imagine with no audience. It's kind of clever, but if nobody else is laughing, it kind of doesn't yeah. just draw it out. That, of that infectious quality just isn't there, is yeah. it? Yeah. I, and also, I think the stand-up comedians seem to feed off audiences, too. So. Oh, yeah. I think sure. so. Yeah. yeah. And they do. They have some high-quality comedians and some people I haven't heard of and some in-betweens and stuff. But honestly, I don't know that I would recommend spending the 30 minutes or so that this show takes to watch. Mm. I mean, unless you really are desperate for content at this point and you really want to be involved in the voting and seeing who gets through, like, Gilbert Gottfried was one of the people, Margaret Cho, unless you're just really into trying to get one of those people to get through the bracket and you really love them. I just really can't recommend the show. It's not that good. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll continue or let this one go and move on? No, I think I'm done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. One episode was enough for me. I sat with my wife and watched it. She didn't enjoy it either. And she normally Mm. likes comedy stuff. So yeah, I I don't think I can recommend going I'm sorry it didn't pan out for you. I know you you were just, you were curious just based on the name and you had high hopes. I know. So it's too bad. Mm -hmm. You know, at least now I kind of understand why there were no trailers or no stuff ahead of time because (laughs) maybe they knew (laughs) that'll do it it's only like minute clips and stuff it's like what are you gonna do for a highlight show everything i mean right yeah 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 geez that's that sucks because it seemed like it sounded like it could have been funny i think it could have been i think maybe they rushed into production just to get something going because as Mm -hmm. you know you know during covid19 it's not like they can do audience driven comedy shows yeah it's hard to do anything where people are in even the same studio right now they're all doing this from home like they are with this show good honor for trying right at least they gave it a shot and, and you know, maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe they'll find a format that works for them. But uh, we can revisit it. If it survives and it gets retooled, maybe we'll revisit it. The concept sounded interesting, at least. Yeah, sure. They're very. Yep. What about you, John? You watch anything? I have one that I might be able to pull us out of this nosedive. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you'll remember the Creep Show series that came out last year on Shudder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The subscribe-only horror thing. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And I stumbled across something else on Shudder. Another great reason to have Shudder. There is a new short-form series called Cursed Films that popped oh, up on Shudder last week. I like the title. Yeah, this is the one you told me about. I did. In fact, I think I, I phoned George. You know what a nut he is over old horror films. And I said, I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you about this show, but you can't steal it for the media segment next time we get <laughs> over the podcast. That's right. True to his word, he did not. But yeah, so it's called Cursed Films. It's only five episodes long this first season, and maybe they're feeling it out, or maybe it's going to turn. It looks like it's going to be a longer form thing. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of how In Search Of, like the first season of In Search Of, they did Loch Ness monster they did bigfoot the big did ufos and then season five what the hell do you cover so how many cursed films are there to do this but the ones they picked out of the gate for these first five episodes uh first let me spoiler alert these are great so you're going to want to watch this if you enjoy these old like 80s era 90s era horror films they cover uh the exorcist the omen poltergeist the crow and twilight zone the movie so wait wait, so what's the premise of the show i mean so so the premise is in hollywood around many horror or kind of thriller films there are often things going on on the set or surrounding the production that people consider it to be cursed or doomed to fail or like for example poltergeist like mm-hmm. people associated with poltergeist died around the production and there are rumors of the real bodies in the pool and of course the crow you had brandon lee who passed away during the production in a terrible accident and so they're just exploring this but it's not sensationalistic you're actually talking to the real filmmakers to the real actors and talking about it's actually pulling back from cursed is really talking about the concept of a cursed film 
film and talking about oh, really okay, what okay. happened. So it's much more historical and kind of like archival oh, footage okay. and stuff about the film. It's not like there's a voiceover that sits there. Could it be a ghost that did this? No, you know, it's, it's <laughs> not that personal. Okay, no. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. The takeaway for all of them really is there is no curse. They really talk about what truly happened. And, you know, some of the actors even come on and go, they're like, look, it's disrespectful to call this a curse. A man died, a terrible accident. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it really, the, the concept of cursed films is kind of just an entry into lumping these together to start talking about them as great horror films that had some kind of a kind of a dark cloud around them for one reason or the other. Oh, well, and explaining some of the clouds that you think were around them, like the Exorcist episode. Yeah. I loved how they talked about some of the stuff that was weird that happened on set. Like there really was a guy who was in the Exorcist that turned out later to be a murderer. To be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. Holy crap. It, yeah. I mean, it had nothing to do with the film. It was just this weird set of circumstances and he ended up in the film. Mm-hmm. But then also talking about how there were things that everybody was, oh, people go to the exorcist and they throw up and they pass out and thing. And all of that was more of a hype machine yeah, than it was what was really happening. It was trying yeah. to get people to come mm-hmm. to see the film because sure. they didn't really expect people to want to watch the movie. Yeah. Right. Well, and they talk about in the series yes. how th- what happens is like promoters lean into these rumors mm-hmm. because if people go, of course, you will pass out during the film. You're like, well, I've got to find out if I pass out. Like they'll lean into that and that has helped to grow this kind of perception of a is it who is it that supposedly like ripped the head off a chicken during a concert and Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Osbourne, Osbourne right. that never stuff, actually right? happened, but he like yeah. totally leaned into it because he's like, "Hey, why not?" People say yeah. I did it. It's yeah, selling exactly. tickets. Okay, <laughs> so it's pretty decent. I enjoyed it. I hope they continue with it. And uh, if you're at all concerned that they're being disrespectful to the films and being sensationalistic, they're really debunking the curses in there. Uh, sounds like George, you checked it out, which is awesome. I hope you enjoyed. I did. It. Yeah. yeah, I watched the first episode only. Okay, and that was mainly because I really want to take time to savor all of them they're good i'm gonna watch one per week so that it takes a little bit of time because (laughs) i couldn't do that i binged it's not like i'm gonna go back and watch tournament of laughs or anything like that so you're not (laughs) no you're not got a special feeling for my feeling special puppy i know how he feels because he tells me i'm sorry batteries not included when my feeling special puppy has too much to eat i know how he feels Tells me. The new Feeling Special Pets, each sold separately. When you touch them, you'll know how they feel. Tell you. you know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, We're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. So going into Tech Toys, I want to talk about something that, thankfully, my daughter gave me for Father's Day. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. You have something for tech and toys? it, he does. It's a little bit of a reach. But yes, I do. <laughs> but I'll be damned if I'm going to be raked over the coals two weeks in a row. No, exactly. <laughs> Especially after last time. I mean, I'm still have the scars from that. <laughs> no, for Father's Day, my daughter, she got me, a, she knows me so well. She got me this book. It's called The Game Console. It's a photographic history from Atari to Xbox. Oh, hmm. nice. Okay. I like those kind of books. And actually, the title's a little misleading because it actually goes up to the Switch. They added to it. It actually goes okay. past the Xbox. So 
this is like one of those big like glossy coffee table books sort of things yes exactly it's like a big coffee table matter of fact it's like the best coffee table book because it's one i like, put on my coffee table and i constantly pick up and flip through okay everybody that's seen it has like couldn't help themselves like they have to flip through and find the console that they had right yeah. it's really awesome because the pictures and stuff are not just like the it's like the pictures of the console it's a picture of the boards inside they talk about the history oh, sure. about the technology in it mm. they talk about like what made it special mm-hmm. from previous stuff what did it do that was revolutionary from the yeah, last they generation did things like exploded kind of views of things like the game boy they, they did an exploded view of the game boy in it mm-hmm. it's a really really cool like it's not one you're gonna read like cover to cover obviously but it's one that you're gonna like you flip through it and you're like oh it's either what like tiger r zone what the hell was that you know <laughs> and <laughs> um, you uh, that there's me? all these like video game consoles that you never heard of before and it's just interesting because you kind of see how i think this is also kind of shows how far computers and technology have come because you mm-hmm. look at the early days because it starts with pong actually that's the first one it comes with which was a completely solid state like single function board solid it was state, built to huge, do one thing but what it actually did ends up with like the switch and you look at the sleek very futuristic looking very clean looking thing you know whereas like the first phone, pong yeah. looked like a brick i mean it was just mm-hmm. they, the form factor was made to hold the boards and that was about it <laughs> like they didn't care about style or anything else so i know you showed us on the chat it's like about a two inch thick book it's a beast yeah. there so do you have any idea how much of this ran because I, I i collect these kind of books and i have several of them but in they're, they're usually a premium uh, well the retail on the back is 25 bucks oh really yeah. that's what that's what it says in the back and it's a hardback yeah it's not bad wow it that's is... pretty cheap 250 pages i collect these kind of books and per page price is awesome it's beefy um, <laughs> but yeah john i think this is definitely this is one that you're gonna definitely want because this is like totally in your wheelhouse of stuff that you care about so i got a question for you mo i want to yeah. ask because i've seen a lot of these different coffee table books john has a, several of them i have several of them yeah oh yeah i've noticed three different types when it comes to these nostalgic lookbacks mm-hmm. at video games or consoles or any of those things there's ones that have either nothing but pictures with a small little bit of text to describe what the picture might be mm-hmm. representing. Then there's other ones, which it's an encyclopedia of text with a couple of pictures splashed on the page. And then there is a combination where it's kind of like the page is half picture, half text. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious which one this one is. And if you've seen all three of those, which one you prefer? This is definitely that middle ground. Okay. There's a lot of text for okay, each one, a, a lot of good description yep. with the pictures that go along with it. Yeah. Personally, I like this style more so than the other ones because just pictures mm. don't do it for me. Okay. I mean, they're great yeah. to look at, but they don't really tell me enough. And then the other side too is like if i want to read an encyclopedia you know i'll go on wikipedia and read <laughs> right that. You know, exactly it's right. just too much text i can get the information <laughs> but uh, this is a good balance like it's just enough that you read to me like when you read about each console i feel like okay like i don't feel like i'm missing anything really significant and if i really want to deep dive like i said i'll go look up something else but yeah like I really you're not reading somebody's deep. doctoral thesis on hey, that yeah, console exactly right so it's a solid overview a little technical nugget and then move on yeah, to the next thing absolutely. so with coverage all right and i assume this is something you can throw a link to down in the oh, show absolutely. notes uh, you know, believe it or not, this will be a perfect Amazon link. Because remember when Amazon used to sell just books? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one that they'll definitely have on their list. A nice ad. So that's cool. So what do you got for us, George? I know you got, well, wait a minute. Uh, hold up a second. Did I hear this right at the beginning of the show that you got something ahead of John? Uh, Well, I guess maybe I did. I don't think John has this version yet. So yeah, I kind of, wow. I'm not early adopting because the thing's been out for several months, but I definitely <laughs> got it before John did. So that's one up for Joe and George right there, you know. 
So what is it, man? Uh, so it's the Galaxy S20 Plus. I needed mm. a new cell phone because my S8 Plus, which I've enjoyed for several years, which mm. I honestly had to buy because two or three years ago, I was over here at John's and I had some, I forgot <laughs> what that phone was. I can't even remember. It was an LG piece of crap, whatever it was. And it literally died while I was here at John's house. And, you know, I realized how far we've gone from our roots because I was like, how the hell am I going to get back home without Google Maps? What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I'm I don't a know Gen X grown up. I know what real maps are. I can find my way. I can Will they let me on the interstate without a phone? <laughs> <laughs> so that time I, when I got home, I bought the Galaxy S8 Plus and I really loved it. It's been a great phone for several years. However, through my own stupidity, I dropped it a couple of times, cracked the screen, and then another couple more drops, and the back started to separate from the front. <laughs> a couple and, more drops. The first two drops weren't enough. <laughs> right, you know. It, it's been like three years. I've dropped it like five times. All Come right. on. So <laughs> Me and John just look at each other like, okay. <laughs> you dropped your phone? <laughs> it gave me like weird warnings, like you've got moisture in your charge port, and I'm like, are you trying to hit on me? What the hell is this phone trying to ask me right now? <laughs> what crossing hell? swords all over again. <laughs> oh my God. What a piece of crap. You know, you throw in the ground yep. seven or eight times and it starts not working. Garbage. <laughs> so I knew the phone was probably two or three months away from failing. So I said, I'm not going to wait for it to fail before I get a new phone and then lose the stuff that I have on it. So I went out uh, during Father's Day weekend the sales that were going on. And I went over to Best Buy with my wife and she was kind enough to let me pick up the new Galaxy S20 Plus. And that's as much as I can tell you about it. I have no idea about the specs on the damn thing. I know it's got a Snapdragon 845 and like, I think 12 what, what, you gigs of specs, RAM. You don't know but you're quoting chips? Well, because those were the only things I cared about was that it had that new uh, Snapdragon over. Yeah, it's fast. There are two yep. models of chips in this particular phone. One for America, one for Europe. But some of the Europe phones got sold over here, apparently, with that chipset. And I didn't want ah. that one. So I wanted to double check. And oh, I see. Why didn't you want it? What, what does that one not do or do that you didn't like? It apparently has a little bit weaker thread count that slows the phone processing down. But that's just what I was, okay. had seen mm. in a few reviews. Okay. There are three models in the S20 line. There's the S20, the S20 Plus, and then the S20 Ultra. Yeah, it's enormous. The bigger decision was whether to get the S20 Plus or the S20 Ultra. I went and read a lot of reviews, watched a lot of YouTube videos, and it seemed as though the price difference on the S20 Ultra didn't give you enough bang for your buck to make you want to upgrade over the S20 Plus. So that's why I went with the middle one. What was, was the big difference between those two? Like $600. That was the big difference. Oh, I mean, really? that, what about features? I mean, <laughs> there wasn't really a lot other than screen size real estate and I hmm. held the two phones there at Best Buy. I held them in my hand. And that S20 Ultra is really bordering on too large to hold comfortably mm -hmm. in your hand. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like a phablet. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I looked at your S20 Plus and it's it's a tiny bit larger than my S10 Plus. Right. Just so a I little can only bit. imagine the Ultra is another like half inch diagonally larger. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's getting to where, yeah, I'm going to need bigger pockets to carry phones much bigger than that. Yeah. And it's going to get ridiculous. So far, one of the things that I love the most about it is I didn't have two Samsung products before for smartphones. I had LGs and mm -hmm. Motorola's yeah. and different mm -hmm. things, but they have an app on the Samsung line only called Smart Switch. And I'm sure yes. John may have noticed that since he's bought several different Samsung. Migrating from one to another? Yeah, you load this app on both phones. You put them next to each other like the old remotes that you used to do when you would program <laughs> buttons from one to another. Nose yeah. to nose. And kind of yeah. yeah, you go through a couple of menu choices on each one. One becomes the receiving phone. The other one becomes a transmitting phone. And it transmits everything. Settings, files. Nice. Everything Icon you can think layouts. Of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't Icon that great? Lights. I was worried about 
about my background that John helped me create. It's me and my son when he won his uh, state championship football trophy. And John yep. helped me do some touch-ups on it. And so I've had that as my background on my phone. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose that. It's going to be a pain in the ass to get it back. Nope. With Smart Switch, right there. <laughs> it's Everything is over. So it's basically yep. your stuff on a new phone. It's exactly right. It made it so right. easy. That's now I have cool. to go in every now and then and log into an app because I haven't logged into it yet sure. on this phone. For the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's normal. That's minor compared yeah. to how easy the transition was. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can okay. get started throwing this phone on the ground and really uh, yeah, so head for the next upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little jealous of that S20 Plus, but the nice thing about my S10 Plus, which is funny, they jumped from, they went 7, 8, 9, 10, 20. I'm like, damn, I'm 10 behind all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't even look for those because I've been so happy with my S10 Plus. It's been great for me. And I, 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 the difference probably is that I haven't thrown mine on the ground. So that's probably made well, sure. a, a bit of a difference. Uh, but it's, it's such that it's becoming so iterative. I'm, there's no huge gotta have killer feature on these phones. Yeah. And I think the 20 is where they finally have completely abandoned the headphones. Jack, is that they right? Do I remember that correctly? Yes, they went so to they went the that. iPhone route. So I get the, but they do include a set of USB C headphones with it. So you get the new style headphones that have the USB C plug. And at first I was like, hmm. oh, that sucks. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I am never charging my phone with at the, the same port time while I'm listening yeah. to it. So okay. that makes total sense to me. And I love the new connection. USB C. I awesome. will say, like you said, John, they're iterative things. If I had been on the S10, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have upgraded this unless it was broken the s8 to the s20 was enough of a jump to make it worth it oh, to spend i would imagine a thousand dollars. that makes sense the new yeah. camera system is really nice and it has all the different focal length things and stuff so that's different but if you've got an s10 and you're happy with it do not upgrade to the s20 you're just spending a thousand dollars i think john somewhere in the back of his head he's like you have to have the new phone john <laughs> <laughs> i'm fighting that urge i'm fighting it with all my might george has a better phone than you now john <laughs> shut up you shut up you're not funny that's awesome i'm glad you're happy with it though so try not to drop this one though i'll try Try not to to drop it (laughs) that's that's solid advice for pretty much everything you own it's gonna be a golden gray I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, time for the Generation X game <laughs> segment. Yes, it is. Dun, 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 dun. And since John doesn't have any good technology to talk about, we're going to let him start off the game <laughs> segment with his new video game. John, what are you playing with today? And please don't tell me Crossing Swords. 
No, I'm not playing the Crossing Swords. No, no. I've tried that. Oh. Wasn't a fan. That's true. <laughs> Another board game for me, not a video game. Often we cover video games. They're easy to cover mm-hmm. here. But I've been on a tear lately. I mean, we talked about the Pac-Man, the Miss Pac-Man, the things. And so right. I'd had several of these board games that have come out in the last few years from IDW. And they did a Missile Command. They did a, a Centipede. They did a, a Joust, I think. I'm Several of them. Of course, it's an obvious gift for me. And so every Christmas, I get another one of these things. And I've had a stack of them in the closet in shrink wrap. Wow. And the other day, I'm like, we should try one of these. So we took one out of the closet. So I gave Centipede board game a try. Now, hmm. this is, I mentioned from IDW, come out just two or three years ago. And it's basically the original Centipede arcade game. And they did their best to translate it to a board game. You can play two or four players. Uh, we just played two players, the four player two game. Two or four players? Yeah, yeah. It, it, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. <laughs> So here's something I've noticed in these games, and we'll see how the different ones go. I think we even talked last time when I talked about that cool early 80s Miss Pac-Man game, Mm -hmm. that there was a cool differentiation between that 2019 Pac-Man game where they literally tried to replicate every piece of the Pac-Man video game onto the board. And then there's the Miss Pac-Man where they took the idea of the video game and turned it into a better board game. And so I kind of think of those as these two ways to turn these classic games into board games. Now, think about Centipede. What's going on? Well, yeah, there's a million mushrooms all over the screen. Right. right. There's a centipede. You shoot it. It turns into several centipedes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes a spider comes bouncing around the screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And the little missiles. Yeah. Right, right, right. And they're dropping more and, mushrooms. And makes more mushrooms. Yeah. Right. And so here's how this centipede game plays. One person is the little archer. They call it a, a gnome or a troll or whatever in this garden. And you're the one who's trying to shoot the centipede in the enemies. Okay. That's what my wife did. She was playing that. That was great. <laughs> my role was the role of the antagonist. I was the centipede. But I wasn't just the centipede. I was every enemy on the board that I had to micromanage. And so the centipede is a segmented piece, as you can imagine. So when it's time for you to move the centipede, you really have no free will in the game. There's no control over, oh, I think I'll do this or I'll duck, dodge, dip, dog. It's like the video game. In other words, it's going to follow its own set of rules. Well, the centipede's going to hit a mushroom. He's going to go down and reverse. And so I have to move the head and then I have to move all the segments. Oh, and then I, oh, I played a spider card. Let me spawn a spider and move it diagonally. Oh, I can't move it vertically. I got to move it this way. I turned out just being the damn computer was all I was doing in this game. It's like analog centipede. Maybe I should have done the sound effects. Should I have done the sounds at two? Now, I will say that everything about the game's manufacture is really cool. Like the pieces feel... They almost feel like they're made of wood, but there's some kind of a poly resin wood, actually. So it's got kind of a texture on it. The pieces are really sturdy and they're nicely made and they're colorful and vibrant. A few of them have decals so you can flip the head or the body of the centipede over. It comes with a special pin, a centipede pin. So I guess every one of these games has a limited edition pin in it if you're a big fan about pins. Oh, the good news is for whatever reason, I guess I know why now it's on clearance in many places. It's probably running for <laughs> 10 or 12 bucks is the original 29 or 30 bucks that I think it ran as a collector. It's cool. I, I I have no burning desire. I have no desire burning or otherwise to go back and play it again. It's almost like Plan Nine from Outer Space. You should look at this to see how bad a video game right. could be translated <laughs> to a board game. But you're not doing it because you enjoyed it. You're doing it because it's a great example of how not to do it properly. You're enjoying the train wreck. So it becomes a wall display with inside the box, essentially. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it sounds like analog centipede. It is. It really is. <laughs> right. It's, it's like imagine somebody's making like have a hand crank. 
make dee 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 dee. You know, they have some, they've got a little mechanism to make centipede work instead of running the program. So it was oh it was fun God. to play with, and now I'm a little apprehensively looking forward to trying the other ones out, the Joust and the Missile Command. If all they're doing is literally translating to the board, yawn. Uh, I mean, yes, thank you for the pin. Thank you for the cool pieces. I frankly take the pieces out and decorate something. It's better use of them. But so buyer beware. We'll put a link in the uh, the show notes. You can take a look at it. It's it's super cheap these but days. It's more of a collectible than it, a- yeah, that one for sure is. We'll see how the other ones pan out. All right, uh, George. I, I think that's enough of my centipede. Why don't we move on to you <laughs> with your update? So this is really cool. You've been working your way through the alphabet with all these games you've had in your yeah, Steam yes. library. What letter are we up to now? We're up to the letter I. I. And I'm going to preface this by saying apparently this is the episode of suck for me. So oh no. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I finally ran into one that I didn't enjoy. So you know that I choose the games basically just on the visuals and the description and nothing else. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I try mm-hmm. to find games yeah. that feel like they would you be already interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. So this game is <laughs> called Invisible Ink. Like the title. Yeah, it's a good title. Uh, like you write secret notes with, like you can't see the ink? No, Incorporated. Oh, 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 that kind of ink. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Glad you clarified that. The description is take control of Invisible's agents in the field and infiltrate the world's most dangerous corporations. Stealth, precision, and teamwork are a essential in high stakes, high profit missions where every move may cost an agent their life. And the tags in steam Hmm. on this are stealth, turn-based strategy, cyberpunk, and indie. I'm there. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> Trust me. The espionage part sounds interesting. Those tags sound like they don't go together. They don't. <laughs> if you like, like, I know, Mo, you play a lot of turn-based strategy stuff. I know you enjoy that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have with the turn-based strategy mechanism in this game is that I make a turn and then the enemy is supposed to make a turn, right? Right. right. However, in several instances, depending upon what's happened, I make a turn and before I get to finish my turn, like with, because you play two different agents at the same time, you get to switch back and forth between them and and they have mm-hmm. a certain amount of moves that they're allowed to do during your turn, like eight or 10 or, you know, how you've upgraded your people. Okay. So like maybe I've done five moves with this one agent and I'm about to do something with the other agent. Nope. Too late. The other people already get a chance to shoot you and kill you. Hmm. I hate that. It just drove me nuts. It's, it's very difficult to figure out when things are going to happen. And in a turn-based mm. strategy game, that's not you what should that. happen. No, you should always know that. Yeah. yeah you got to be able to plan ahead with these many steps, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a fun little game. I'll give you or not I mean it's if you don't yeah it's not even a fun little game so oh no <laughs> I was trying oh, I'm trying to give it the te- benefit of the doubt it bad, came out man. in oh. 2015 originally it was 19.99 on Steam I saw it today it's on sale right now for 75% off so it's down to 5 bucks wow it might be okay for that I bought it during my humble mm. freedom bundle in 2017 as you know I paid $30 for that bundle and with 135 items that means this game cost me 22 cents and honestly I feel like they <laughs> me a quarter at this point oh dang they owe you three cents <laughs> they owe you three cents yes. <laughs> yeah so wow does this have any redeeming qualities or anything in it that you did enjoy i understand you didn't like it you're gonna go back to it probably is there anything in it that you're like oh that was a neat nugget or is it totally a wash yeah actually uh, so what made me play this game so much in preparation for the episode was that it's got a really interesting storyline and it's got some really nice okay. animation for the cutscene. And that's okay. important to you. Yeah. And I oh, really yeah. wanted to play the game and like it. So I kept going back to it and back to it and trying to figure it out. I see. And I probably spent like three hours just going back and forth and trying to figure this game out. And every time when you start getting into just like the second and third levels, even like after the training mission yeah. and you start doing your mm. first two or three missions after that, 
it just every time it would have that weird mechanic of you've done something, but you haven't completed your move, your turn yet. And then they get to kill you instantly during your turn. Bang your and I'm like, okay, that's, I get that. Yes. I might be crossing their field of vision and everything, but if you're a turn-based strategy game, let me complete my turn. Let me get all yeah. the way through it. And then I'll suffer whatever consequences happen. Exactly. At least then I know what's happening or what's yeah. going to happen, or right? Yeah. My thought was I'll move this guy here and then take my other guy, move him up behind the enemy and kill him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make him unconscious and take his stuff, whatever. Best laid plans of mice and men. Yeah, but it didn't work out. I just that wouldn't way. do it. Can't recommend it really. So the best I could do for it because it's got a good storyline and it's got some nice animation and some good graphics and it is an indie game, which I do appreciate. I, the best I can do is two and a half tokens out of five. That sounds pretty generous, actually, wow, based on your description. Yeah, sounds good. I don't think that's very generous of you. I was trying to be. Yeah. So before we move on to Mo, you have a running total now. We're up to the letter I. How much have you spent on all these games we've looked at? Yes, I do have a running total. If I had bought the Humble Freedom Bundle each time just to get the game, I've spent yeah, uh-huh. $120 at this point. If not because I only bought it the one time. If you want to go with that, I've spent $60.32 on the bundles. Um, For the the games themselves, I have spent a total of (laughs) $2.81. That's ridiculously wonderful. (laughs) Right now, my savings subtotal is $122.10 based off of their full prices that they have on Steam, not when they're occasionally on sale for 75% off like this one is right now. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Again, because this was a humble freedom bundle i have another steam key to give away aha okay what game do you have now so this game is called mini metro and i know nothing more oh, yeah. than i know it's called yes mini i know metro. that game you know that game that's okay. fun it's a, it's a puzzle yes. game yeah yes yeah. you're basically setting up a metro system for a city well there you go so we have a steam key to yep. give away if anybody wants to write in and say episode sucks in the subject line episode sucks <laughs> in the subject line to podcast at genxgrownup.com for your free episode steam sucks. key to mini metro <laughs> there you go which is a good game Better than Invisible Ink. I will go on record. Oh, good. I played that one for quite a bit. Well, then I'm going to go play that because apparently I already have it in my library somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mo, how about you? So you have something you've been playing. Yeah. Is uh, still in early access, not fully released, but you've been checking out. Let me tell you. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna save us here because I really like this game. Okay. I really, really like this game. I'm going to cool. not bury the lead on this one. It's called Hard Space Ship Breaker. Okay. Like you said at the beginning of the show, basically you're part of a salvage crew. So it's the future, right? Spaceships are like everywhere. So they're almost like you're dealing with old cars in a sense except your spaceships and you're trying to break them down and salvage them for parts and you have tools and it's all first person perspective you're in zero g so it's a lot of really cool physics you're sitting there you have to break apart the frame you have like laser cutters you have grappling things the tethers you can tether things together there's a whole backstory too like unemployment's rampant in the world and you're trying to get off the only way to do it is to go into a huge amount of debt and you start this game off with a billion dollars of debt. A billion with a B. Billion dollars B. in wow. debt. Wow. So I'm Donald Trump. Dollars. Nice. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a billion dollars of debt and you're trying to get your way out of debt so you can start actually making money. So salvaging things so you can get out of that. Right. It's like student loans. You go in huge debt exactly. with the promise of making money down the road. Yeah. And okay. there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor in it too because like the corporation that you're working for called Lynx, it's like when your oxygen gets low, it gives you a warning. It says, your oxygen is low, please know that excess carbon dioxide can hurt our equipment. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Your breathing is going to cost us money. 
Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing is like all the equipment you have is owned by Lake. So you're paying to lease it on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So you have to get enough salvage to try to at least cover your costs of leasing all this equipment. Right. And the thing is that really makes it cool is that one is the physics of you actually have to cut pieces apart to separate them to, in order to make them small enough for you to actually foam into the processors. In the higher levels, if you disengage the coolant system because you're trying to salvage that at the wrong time, the reactor starts going critical. If you, if you haven't planned for it, then it goes critical. And literally, the explosions are actually really cool to watch because the whole ship just blows apart. And, and is it like a first person or a third yep, person? First, first or person. First, first person. person. All right. So you're out there and you see your tools and the work yep. that you do. And this is early access. So did you buy it? Did you, did you pay for it? I or is it. it um, okay. It was, it was on sale. It was 20 bucks. The description that really got me was as a, they said, imagine taking apart the spaceships from Homeworld. Oh, right. Okay. That, oh, I, that perfectly, I have a good picture in my mind. Okay. I get yeah, it. Exactly. And that's Homeworld's what these ships awesome. look like, like the Homeworld ships. This sounds like something that would be a lot of fun to play multiplayer. Does it have that I, capacity? I was thinking, no, it doesn't yet. It's on the roadmap. No? Because imagine a crew, like you'd be a salvage oh, crew you're out there. You do this and you do this. Yeah. Actually, I think it would be great because the thing is that these ships get big quickly. Okay. And you only yeah. have like, every time you go out to salvage, you only have like a shift that you only work so long. So you can only get so much done that you go, go back again for a second shift that if you had multiple people you might be able to accomplish a lot more I, I totally agree i think this is like begging for a multiplayer kind of co-op sort of deal here so how much have you burned down your initial billion dollars in debt oh my god okay so <laughs> i played about 15 hours since 15 I've hours mo jesus yeah i bought this thing about a week ago so <laughs> a week ago 15 hours oh are you yeah. just not That's... doing your regular daytime job anymore is it just now it's, buying video games and playing them i'm just hoping no one from my job is listening to this but <laughs> they, it's, it's just so i have to like not start this thing because it's one of these things that when you start it you're like wow. i gotta get this ship apart 15 hours it, it just flips me on that whole that completionist feeling mm, yeah when you're yeah. done I get and it. you feel good yeah. about it, it it definitely like feeds that and it also feeds that whole like you feel like you're getting better as you play it you're like oh uh -huh. now i know how to properly take apart this thing uh -huh. to get the maximum salvage of it right. now i know how to properly take apart this without blowing up the ship <laughs> so you feel like you're actually learning that's a well-designed game it is if if it pulls you through it and you want to do more stuff oh no now, i'm i'd never heard of it and now i'm intrigued now the cool thing is that it is early access which i'm usually very wary of mm -hmm. getting anything early access but sure. let me tell you that they already dropped the first update and it's, it seems like they're listening to people's comments because one of the things like for instance just a small example but the first thing i was like a transporter right were for people like transporting people mm -hmm. and i was looking in there and there was just chairs everywhere and you could salvage chairs yeah but the thing is that there was like 30 of them i'm like am i gonna pick up and move 30 freaking chairs right that's just tedium right. The update came in and they actually did, they created benches. So one is not like five sets of chairs. So you salvage big chairs. So you salvage, but that's a lot easier. I'm like, okay, I'd rather do eight of those. So you're saying it's little changes, but they're doing little tweaks to accommodate yes. the criticisms that people have. It sounds yeah. like, and plus they're making some big changes as well. But so far, like I said, I have to like just not start playing it because I know I'm going to kill at least an hour or so, you mm. know, every time I do. So right. I, I, I definitely recommend this one. And just looking at the reviews from all the other, you know, big, like rock, paper, shotgun. All, I mean, they're all giving it like nine out of 10. Wow. All wow. those things. Because it's also a different type of game now. You're not wow. shooting people. You're not blowing things it's up. It's like, I want to try it. And I almost kind of am afraid to try it now based on how addictive it sounds. I was actually <laughs> thinking about this is what I was, every time I'm playing this, John, I'm thinking about you because I'm like, John would love and hate this game. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I said, I think this will, this will mm. totally 
feed into like the little OCD mm-hmm. side. Oh yeah, you know, that yeah. You're like oh, if I cut it right here, I can maximize the aluminum. Don't do it to me. Don't this. do it to me. <laughs> and it's only twenty bucks. You shut up. And it's already gotten like on Steam. It has like almost three thousand reviews, and are all very positive. Damn. All right, and it's called Hard Space Ship Breaker. Ship Breaker. So I definitely say all go right. for it. Thanks, Mo. Thanks. Say so goodbye much. to your children before you head. <laughs> say to it's been nice knowing everyone. Yeah. I don't have time for the podcast anymore. I've got to go salvage a spaceship. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I want to get out with the sunshine Cause it's the perfect time to play now Just my friends who buy the fruit roll-ups We're having fun on a Saturday We love our fruit roll-ups And we're crazy about fruit bars Real fruit fun, yeah, they're the ones We love the same things they do What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. We have just about wound up this edition of the show, but before we do, we like to take a moment here toward the end to talk about what we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record the podcast. Let's start with you, George. What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to what I'm going to call this is a toy because it's something that harkens back to my youth, but it's not the typical toy that you would think of. It's not like, you know, some Legos or some little army men or anything. Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to something that we recently talked about on one of our backtrack podcasts. Do you guys remember when we talked about collectible glasses? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was a set of glasses in there that I talked pretty heavily about wanting the Wendy's newspaper glasses. There was a set of four of them. With the the article, like first landing in the moon. The first page landing in the moon, Mm -hmm. the uh, 1980 Olympic hockey team. Mm -hmm. Miracle on ice thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our podcast listeners, Marcus, reached out to me on discord and he found the entire set available on ebay the little bastard so (laughs) (laughs) and then he bid against you didn't he no 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 okay he already bought them was out selling him again (laughs) (laughs) they weren't a bid it wasn't his thing they were just a buy it now but okay uh, so it was 15 dollars for the entire set awesome that's not terrible no 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 no. there was also 15 dollars worth of shipping because they're glasses and they're gonna ship them super careful so they don't break but it's a set of four of those windows these glasses they should arrive That's sometime cool. between now and july 8th so it's just kind of weird but i did get an email what year what year is it kickstarter 2022 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he did send me an email two days ago saying that he has shipped them now so i think oh. i'll get them way before july so that's great I'm looking forward to it and marcus thank you so much for sending me the link and costing me 30 dollars of my father's day <laughs> gift money but it was well worth it i enjoyed spending it and i can't wait to talk about them on the next podcast whenever they come in yeah when they come in you gotta definitely get some pictures too oh absolutely so i could throw them like on the yeah the you go on eBay right awesome. now look at pictures of them they're there <laughs> i want to see yours i want to see your glasses <laughs> that they arrived intact yeah the fourth listeners have really been uh, enthusiastic about that episode we've got a lot of email about it and my I went to a flea market a couple weeks ago and I found a King Kong glass and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's more on my mind now since we've done it. And so it ha- every time we do one of the backtracks, we end up, I end up buying things I know. So <laughs> it's infectious. Yeah. The sad thing is now I have to figure out new ways to display this kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause you have more. <laughs> 
a smaller space because, as we all know, my wife will not allow me to put these things out in the living room. So I have to find creative ways to display these really cool things. And right now it's just all in my room. My wife comes to my office all the time. Why are you spend all the time in this room? Because it's where my stuff is. You won't let me keep it anywhere else. Oh, <laughs> poor George. Yeah, she's like, oh, okay. And walks out. The goal is working. My plan is a foot. It's wife repellent is what you have. <laughs> uh, so I am looking forward to oh, a new season of a series that I pretty much thought was done coming mm-hmm. July 1st, which is, I guess, yesterday for you if you're listening to this show on the day it releases, but it's slightly in the future for me. A brand new season of Unsolved Mysteries. That oh, amazing show hosted by Robert wow. Stack. Not hosted oh, by yes. Robert Stack any longer, but dun, 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 you know, trench the, coat, right? He always wore the trench coat. But the trench coat, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where he did his best McGruff the crime dog impression. <laughs> so Netflix <laughs> is putting out a new season of Unsolved Mysteries 2020. The six episodes all drop together on July 1st. And they're new mysteries. They're new, kind of, there's, there's a paranormal one in there, like with some alien huh. stuff, I think, but, you know, and crimes and stuff like that. Okay. And I haven't seen any of them. I've seen a trailer, but I love that series. It's like a popcorn series. It is. It's like following a story or even care about the thing, the way it was put together, the, the over-serious attitude of the original mm-hmm. was just so great. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this new season of Unsolved Mysteries, all going to be on Netflix. So you've already got it. you got access to it. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. Mo, how about you? I'm looking forward to a movie. It's already dropped, actually, but I haven't watched it yet. It's John Stewart's movie called Irresistible. Mm. Have you heard I of heard this? heard of it. Know no. nothing about it. I haven't heard about Steve it. Steve Carell's in it. Huh? He stars in it. John Stewart wrote and directed it, I believe. It's about a Midwestern town where a guy's running for office. Oh. <laughs> hmm. And what I heard that there's stuff I said that people are like, wow, you know, John Stewart left the Daily Show and we were wondering what he was doing. And like, well, it sounds seems like he was spending his time well, was what I heard. <laughs> if mm. this is what he was doing, this kind of stuff. Gotcha. It's got John Stewart, which I'm a big fan of his. You know, Steve Carell, big fan of his as well. Yep. So I figure it just hits all the buttons and I can't wait to watch it. Irresistible. All right. A raging terror grabs hold of the universe. Monstroid. When Monstroid gets blown up, it grabs, it lurches, it spins, and thrashes. Because just like Hordak, it's bad. New from the Masters of the Universe, you put it together, action figures sold separately from Mattel. It's a grabber. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. 
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That will wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. You know, before we leave, I love to take a moment here toward the end of the show to thank our amazing patrons, the people that support us financially over on patreon.com. Literally take a few bucks out of their wallet every month to support what we do here on the podcast, over on YouTube and on uh, the website. And I'm so grateful for them. In fact, I want to tell each and every one of you how grateful I am. And I'm talking to you, Agile Dana, Blasted Stasha, David Thomas, Jonathan H, T2, Stian, Levi, Stubaka, Travis, Mark, Chad, Dan, Tony, Tom J, Adam, Stu Monkey, Ben, Greg L, Marcus, Arlem, Chet, Mike C, Greg Z, Davis, Slomo, and new, Ooh. new Ooh. since we Ooh. last spoke, Matt and Jason. Whoa. Two people have joined us wow. as Thank brand you, new patrons over at patreon.com. Amazing. Thank you for uh, supporting us, coming along for this ride. We hope to hear much more from you. If you have not yet become a patron, you love what we do, want to support us. George, would you tell the fine fourth listeners how they can go about signing up? I would be happy to, sir. All you have to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. There's a couple of buttons to click, as you do on any website. You give us $1, we love you, you love us. You give us $2, we love each other doubly as much. $3, we start kicking in some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. $5, $10, $25, we've got new things up there. There's swag involved with some of the upper ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, we Uh love our patrons. We will do everything to support them and give them the extra content because what they do for us every single month by just donating even that single dollar, it means so much to each one of us. It allows us to keep producing these shows. It helps us to pay for the monthly fees for all the different mm-hmm. tools that we use. It allows us to buy these spiffy microphones that we get to use for this podcast <laughs> yeah. and, and other places. So we can't thank you guys enough. So all you have to do, again, go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, George. That's why you asked me to say it. That's that's exactly why. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> that is going to wind up this show. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular edition of the show again. But next week with our backtrack, we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, what's coming up next week? Oh, I'm totally looking forward to this one. Hey, if you ever wanted to cut a can with a knife, carry an entire (laughs) fishing kit in your pocket, (laughs) scramble an egg while still in the shell, then you have to listen to our next backtrack because we're going to be talking about stuff that as seen on TV, stuff sold during commercial time (laughs) only uh, as we were growing up as Gen X. Mo, how much would you pay to cut a can in half with a knife? Wait, don't answer yet. If you order now. Oh, oh my God. There's more? (laughs) There's more. Also get this set of steak knives. Yes, you will indeed. As seen on TV coming up the next backtrack. We don't want to miss that one. You hope you'll join us for that. Until then, I'm John. George, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listeners, though, we all appreciate you most of all, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Good. Awesome. All right, game us. Taking a drink. He's ready.
Got to get ready. Let me make your headphones off. <laughs> just making oh, sure geez. the cat's not around here, so I don't scare the cat half to death with scare this. Scare the cat, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's glasses. <laughs> yeah. What? I can look forward to whatever the fuck I want to look forward to. Yeah, uh, no, I, I yeah. wasn't laughing at it. I was. That was funny. <laughs> Did yeah. you order some? You'll find out in a second. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You'll find out. Save it for the show. In five, <clears throat> four, three. We've almost made it to the end of the show, but before we do, there's an important part where we like to talk about, I'm going to do that one more time. I, I like the difference, but it was awkward. <clears throat> In five, four, three. We have almost made it to the end of our show, but before we do, we have a very important segment to look forward to what we're talking. Damn, I fuck trying something new. Let's try one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Blooper number 12. It up, but it just doesn't flow as easily. Yeah, take 17. In five, four. We are just about end. With, just about end? Fucking talking. In five, four, three. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. 